Hey there, it's me, Daniel Eccles from the Learned Opportunity Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We have Levi Hines, who is an author. We can say that, Levi, you're an author now. We'll talk a little bit about what that means in in this episode. But Levi is an author. He just wrote a book called The Good Vibe, which is a book about his trip across the country after he graduated from college in 2016. He learns a lot about time and wrestling with feelings of hurriedness. And he's sharing with us lessons that he got from his book. And then after writing his book, the lessons that he has gained about how to find and create opportunity from his own personal story. And we each have an opportunity in our own personal stories as well. And so we'll talk a little bit about that with Levi Himes. And so let's get over to our interview with Levi here and listen to hear about what it's like to have opportunity in your own story. Hi there, I'm Daniel. And I'm Gwendolyn. And you're listening to Learn Opportunity Podcast. Today, we have someone from college that we knew. His name is Levi Himes. Back when we went to Olivet Nazarene University, home of the Tigers, we knew Levi, and uh, he's here to talk to us today. Levi, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I'm excited to be here, excited to share everything about the, the good vibe of the book that just came out yesterday. Just yesterday. Yeah. Yes, yesterday. You were telling us a little bit that it kind of snuck up on you, but it, it's been a lot of, uh, <laughs> of fun. And I'm sure I haven't written a book before, so I have no idea what all that entails or, or how you, you went about doing that. So excited to, to have you on and hear a little bit more about it. I went ahead and I read the book. Uh, it's called The Good Vibe, which is a, a funny play on words because it, it's a Pontiac vibe, right? Yeah, it doesn't really have anything to do with like the, the only good vibe saying that everyone is uh, accustomed to thinking of. But uh, yeah, it's a little dinky Pontiac, 2004 Pontiac vibe that my dad gave to me in high school. So. And it's still kicking. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm still driving it. I thought you crashed in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it has gone off the road a couple times, but nothing too major. Definitely still drivable. Wow, I, I really didn't realize that. Yeah, so a little spoiler alert there. There may be <laughs> some times in the book that uh, it goes off-road. So if you're interested in, in hearing the background story into that, get, pick up your copy of The Good Vibe Today. Available <laughs> at all major retailers, online, or all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> anyway, give a little introduction to people that are listening to this about what your book's about and your experiences, uh, whatever yeah. Absolutely. The book is called The Good Vibe, obviously, which is technically named after the car that I was driving across the country at the time. But the book is this culmination of a travel blog I wrote in the summer of 2016 and a handwritten journal that I just took everywhere on that trip. And so it's mostly a travel book, but it's also a book about figuring life out. My last year at Olivet was a roller coaster. There was a lot of great things that came out of that year, and there were also a lot of negative things that hurt me in a lot of ways. And so the trip was an escape. It was running away from things. It was a running to things. It was a lot of outlets for me, just getting in the car and taking off across the country. So Mm. there's a lot packed into it, and it's 
it's weird to think about that it's now like out in the world for everyone to read, but it's also exciting. So that would be um, weird. I bet it because yeah, that's your personal story. I I would have a hard time with that. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it takes some vulnerability, but it was super fun um, for me to read it because I don't know. It's just interesting. Like you go to college with somebody, and I, I knew you somewhat decently. But uh, we were in a lot of classes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had ministry stuff together, and yeah, all of that. You, you have to become a leader at, at some point, and so you have <laughs> leadership opportunities on campus, and you know, yeah. some of those sort of things. And um, but it was really interesting to be like, oh, there was like other things that he was going through, or experiences that I was unaware of. Um, yeah. But really neat to to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think senior year brought out a lot of things that I, at least me personally, I was blinded to my the previous three years at school. I feel like it just kind of got so shaken up just my life and things that were going on. And the idea of leaving college was frightening and overwhelming to an extent. The, the closer we got to graduation, the more I was like, there was so much stuff I didn't know what to do with or didn't know how to handle. And so by the time we graduated, I went home for two weeks and then I was on the road. I was just ready to get out there and see the world with no plan on the horizon. So that's why the book was born to an extent, which initially the, the, the original travel blog that I wrote that summer was actually called The Good Vibe too. Oh, okay. But I actually had The Good Vibe title set and then I spent months and months changing it <laughs> so even the title on the manuscript on my computer i would change it regularly and then eventually i just went back to the good time i like it's it a though. Good it's a good title it really is yeah. what happened in those two weeks after graduating from all of that that led to this well, actually i had pretty much committed to the idea of going on the trip in the last semester at all of it. And then the la- the la- those two weeks between graduation and actually leaving, I spent getting r- the car ready. My dad helped me. I took out the back seats, unbolted them from the frame of the car and put in like, a sleeping platform. So it was like the mm-hmm. world's tiniest little RV, pretty much. I didn't have like, a kitchen or anything, obviously, but it was just a, a sleeping bed. And it, the bed I used was everybody at the end of school threw out couches. And so I took couch cushions and removed the <laughs> foam from the couch cushion and cut it down so it was all like not like super thick. And then I turned that into a bed. So that's how that developed. Everyone throwing stuff away at the end of a semester. <laughs> like, you know, like going over to the dumpsters. <laughs> Let's see what I can find. Try to find the cleanest couch cushions, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing. <laughs> It was almost a blur because it was just so fast because I was just so ready to go after graduating and I didn't want to waste any of the summer, obviously the warmer months. And yeah, I took the car into a, like a garage to get anything major fixed on it that I thought I would need to do. And so I got that taken care of, built the whole little platform in the back and I repacked all the stuff that I thought I wanted to take, which is pretty much anything outdoorsy that I thought I would need hammock and backpacking stuff and I had a little Coleman camp stove that I took and a whole bunch of other stuff so I repacked it and switched everything around a million times until I figured found the most semi-ideal setup for everything so I probably I think in the book I talk a lot about stuff that I took that I was like I don't think I ever touched which is funny but yeah the yeah that was that's about it I don't I can't really remember much about the day I left. 
it's weird. My parents are divorced. And so I think I was at my mom's house for a while. And then I went to my dad's because he's the one that helped me get like the whole bed situation set up. And then after that, I really don't remember much about the day I left. It was weird to start driving and not know where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> like the first, yeah, the first day I left, it was, there was no, I think I might've had a destination in mind because I'd never been to the, the sand dunes in Indiana. And so I wanted to go there. So I just started driving north and I went to, I think I stopped at a state park. I drove past it. And then I was like, wait a minute, I don't have a schedule. Like I can do whatever I want. And so I went back and, and that was like a foreshadowing of sorts of what the summer was going to look like. It was literally just going to be me driving past stuff and being like, wait a minute, let's go look at that. Let's go check it out and see what it's about. And I had some stuff in mind, like some destinations and things, obviously, but a lot of it was spontaneous and I probably could have been more spontaneous, but. That was something uh, that it, it seemed you wrestled with that entire time because it is foreign to us to. Uh, we do have these opportunities in front of us and just openness. We, we can go and do things um, yeah. like drive across the country in a Pontiac. Those are, that's a possibility for all but of you listeners out there. not everyone does that. But not everyone <laughs> does that. That's right. Yeah. We're all so much trying to get somewhere that we might miss some of the other things and the opportunities that were there along the road. I think it was Tippecanoe State Park. I, I think that you, I drove past in Lafayette, which I have driven past off 65 all the time. And I read that and I'm just like, huh, you know, I've never, I've never been to Tippecanoe State Park either because I always, I'm headed up somewhere to go there. But that's such a gift, but something that you seem to have to fight the entire way through the book. You don't have to be going to the next place that you can sit there in in the spot. And, And honestly, I don't know if you ever necessarily reached a point where you didn't have that feeling i don't know what would you say i would say that most of the book is a battle of trying to either embrace each opportunity or not let each opportunity slip through my fingertips it was really just a battle with myself it was me in a car there was nothing other than myself preventing me from doing things that was a continuous hurdle trying to slow down trying to soak in each opportunity that was in front of me i think there was a lot of disappointment on my end, but there were a lot like of disappointment in what? With disappointment? Yeah, what kind of disappointment? Since it's like me battling myself, it was me disappointing myself in the moments when I would move on too soon or see something and be like, I really want to get to this place, but it really didn't matter when I got to a new location. It was just me wanting to stay somewhere longer or I would get somewhere and be like, man, why didn't I stay at the last place two days or three days or four days? Yeah, it's that continuous battle with time and feeling like I needed to move when I really didn't. Or it was a lot of like coming out of college, being so stirred up and having so much going on that it just took a long time for that to settle. And I didn't know how to let it settle and thus the driving across the country. There's a lot of reasons why I drove across the country and not all caused from unsettledness at school. And I was meeting people along the way. I was seeing these beautiful places. You've always been an adventurer in a sense. In high school, I went on a trip out west for the first time with our youth group for my church. There was all the senior guys in a 12-passenger van. And uh, since then, I just know there's so much more out there to see. So after that trip, I have always wanted to keep seeing more and more. And I feel like a lot of people almost feel guilty for traveling sometimes. 
And I've just learned that like God created this beautiful planet. Like I think it's okay to go see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well, well played. Said. Yes. I keep coming back to just how you physically didn't always have a destination or a goal in mind of exactly what the trip was going to look like or where you were going to go or you could make any choice. But on a deeper level, when you set out, was there was there an internal goal you were trying to accomplish? I think, and I talk about it a little bit in the book, maybe more towards the beginning, or it might be sprinkled throughout, is just the idea of trying to find this feeling of freedom, which I mean, I recognize that like my freedom comes from Jesus. like That is very prominent in my life, but a lot of parts of my faith coming out of school were broken down to the foundation of that was all I knew is that like I have Jesus that is like where my faith is that's where my freedom is but this freedom that I like was saturating my thoughts and what I wanted to attain on the trip or find in some way shape or form because I really didn't know what it looked like was just getting away from the clock and the schedule and needing to be somewhere and I I talk about that a little bit in the book I woke up with the sun I went to bed when the sun went down, I didn't know what day it was. I didn't know what time it was. And that was one of the most refreshing things. Yeah. That's freedom. Um, yeah. Especially after, I don't know, even thinking about like the end of all of that, you have senior week, you have all the activities, you got this, yeah. this and that. And yeah. And then all of a sudden, that's a shock to a system. Just <laughs> imagine, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I was just curious, like, what other lacks of freedom were you feeling? I know you mentioned a few things that was enough to be like, I'm finding freedom. Here we go. My senior year, I had a super easy schedule. My most difficult classes were taken care of. And so I think I was taking like three electives, a bunch of random stuff senior year. And I really discovered the library senior year which was the most amazing thing. I spent a lot of time at my kitchen table in my apartment and had just a stack of books because I would get books from the library. And then I found out that I could order books from other libraries. And so my recreational reading skyrocketed the last semester at school. It was good. That was a good thing. Yeah. But I struggled with what my degree was in, what I was studying, which was ministry, which it wasn't like I didn't want to do ministry, but I had learned so much about about missions, which was my area of study, ministerial missions, that I realized that overseas missions, I didn't think that it was for me. Whereas previously, I was like all gung-ho about it and wanted to pursue that. And so I was stripping everything away and being like, all right, what does ministry look like for me if that's what I've studied for four years? And so I got to the end of school so close to graduation, I was like, man, maybe I should have studied something else or done something else. And so I was almost having this, I don't want to call it a crisis, but I was like, oh, buddy, like these kind of thoughts are overwhelming to have when I can't switch anything. It's not like I can change my degree at last minute. So that was this overwhelming thing of having those thoughts and being so far committed to what I had studied was in and of itself was difficult to comprehend. And then by the time I was really digging into those thoughts, we were graduated and it was like, now I have this degree. It's okay to have this degree and still do other things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you took a trip because sometimes we just need time. When we're processing something that big, 
I love to solve things quickly. Okay, I'm done. Move on. But stuff like that just doesn't happen overnight. So what a gift that you were able to just totally pull away and reset. And that's awesome. And through that time to reset or have those experiences, you may have come to some of the conclusions or not, I don't want to say solved because I don't know what there is to solve, gotten to some certain point that maybe took us three, four, five years. I was thinking that too, because some of what you were talking about that you noticed at the end of college or some of what you're like, oh, I was noticing this on my trip right after college some of the like exact same things I'm like oh you were quicker than me oh that took me a little (laughs) a little longer to figure that out yeah yeah I was actually in the career and was like oh oh no I don't like this career (laughs) how do you switch this and and was lost for a while of what to do next so but everything was riding on your career because I wasn't making any money as a grad student (laughs) (laughs) so I I just like your journey and it even though in the moment where other people maybe looked like, oh, Gwen's off going to be a teacher and they're going to Oregon for Daniel to study grad school, really Gwen just hadn't realized she was lost yet. And that was it. You already, you already had that figured out yeah. and we're on it. So. <laughs> and, <laughs> Not that it's a competition. But it would have been that. easy, though, for you to have then just simply filled it with something else. Mm-hmm. And perhaps travel or the trip is a filling of some way, but it feels healthier than if you would have just been like, okay, I'm still going to, I don't know what it is exactly, but I'm going to get this job at a church. I'm going to do this or that and just figure another thing to put expectation on, another thing to try to have satisfy you, another thing that it might end up just being like, oh, I shouldn't have been doing that either. So then what? That's a brave approach you took because it, did anybody like say, what in the world are you doing? Did you have any of those voices? I know you spoke to both your parents and they seemed encouraging um, and really share. Don't throw anyone under the bus. Is that a bad question? Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, oh, I don't think... all the, the list of people <laughs> that I. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, though, like, we're like looking back. It's easy to reflect and be like, wow, what a great choice. But in the moment, that was probably a really hard choice to make Yeah, to do that. People didn't get it. Yeah, I was committed at that point. This is something that I need to do. And I think that in that time in life, I I don't want this to sound like negative, but I felt like I was alone enough, like and in my head enough that I was like, I can do this. I can drive across the country. I've done it before. I can survive on my own. And so it was my, my parents obviously had lots of questions and concerns and my mom obviously wanted, wanted me to check in and I, I did that. And everything and I was totally fine with that. And they were more than willing to let me go figure it out, you know what I mean? Like just kinda figure out the next chapter. I'm now thinking fast forward. So we've been dwelling a lot on quite a few years ago, which was when twenty sixteen. Yeah, you graduated college. So in the end people can read your book. So let's fast forward a little bit more. So maybe from where your book leaves off till now, what have you learned or some opportunities that have come as a result of that decision to go on a big trip? I would say that life is a continuous learning experience. So it's, there are a lot of lessons I learned from that trip that 
are good. But from that trip, there wasn't a lot of conclusion on like, all right, now I'm complete and I know everything that I'm mm-hmm. supposed to do now. It's not like I went to the desert for 40 days and like, came <laughs> yeah. out and yeah. like all right. Which I got at the end of the book. I'm like, oh, this wasn't wrapped up in a nice, pretty bow, which is refreshing. But yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable in some ways yeah. too. Yeah, we all want that. I like comforting Hallmark movies and Gilmore Girls. So that's <laughs> what we want that, yes. Yeah, they're at the end of the book, because there's the main trip, obviously, that is me traveling across the country. And then there's a couple shorter stories of other trips at the end of the book that if from like first glance, you wouldn't really think they correlate. But the last trip I take is a solo trip where I'm back in Indiana. I'm working a construction job with a friend of mine from high school. It's a fun job, but it's mainly because it's just me and my best friend working construction and goofing off and figuring stuff out every day. But at the same time, I recognize this is not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life or even for that much longer. And so I go on this trip, I take some time off, and I, I go back to the whole summer of traveling alone and remembering that and being like, I loved traveling, I loved doing this thing, I loved the idea of a new adventure. It was refreshing for me. And so I came back, and then not long After that trip, I think two or three months after that was when I got a call from a buddy of mine and decided to move out to Colorado on a whim. And I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have anything lined up. I didn't have that much money. But I was like, you know what? I'm ready for something else, which is interesting because the house I moved into in Colorado, I actually stayed at when I was traveling across the country. I stayed there for a week. And then I ended up, that's the house I literally just moved out of a couple months ago. So it's weird to think back on that and how that developed. But yeah, I'm still figuring life out. I still have a lot of questions. I feel every day there's a new question that comes up about what am I doing? Where am I going? How am I figuring this out? I think with the book coming out and being released yesterday, I've come to this conclusion of I really want to keep writing. Like I love to write and I always have, especially when I was a little kid, I I would write stories all the time. But at the same time, it's not easy. It's one of the most challenging things I've ever done to sit down and write. the, The good vibe was at least easier because I was traveling and writing simultaneously. So I was just like, all right, tonight I got to sit down at the desk and get a few pages in. And this new project of work of fiction that I'm trying to materialize out of nothing, it's it's challenging, but it's exciting at the same time. But yeah, that's kind of where my brain is at. It's like I want to write, but it's it seems very far away. But at the same time, it doesn't because obviously the good vibe is now out in the world and a reality it's not just it's not just like a project that i'm like telling people about it's not like oh, i'm gonna go work on the book and it's something that people are like oh he's never gonna finish the book but so now that is out so that is so much motivation and such a confidence booster i feel like over the last year it's been a great opportunity for me to mentally prepare for a realistic career as a writer I've learned so much because I use this company called Book Baby to design the book and put everything together. And so that's just been a whole learning opportunity because I've learned all of the elements to getting it from a Word document on your computer to this printed book in your hand. I feel much more well-equipped now to doing that again, which is exciting. Did you have any mentors who had written books that you chatted with or... Um, connected with somehow as you were going through this process or was it all kind of self-taught or not I I don't think I know I probably know some people have written Mm -hmm. a book in some way shape or form but not 
that I was regularly interacting with to get questions answered and stuff. When I first thought of the idea was, I think before I even moved to Colorado, where I was like, I have all of this written material Mm -hmm. and all these stories, and this could be a reality. And so in that moment, I was like, all right, I need to, because I had all these travel blog entries, and then I had a fat journal that was full of stuff. And so I was like, all right, this is going to take forever to one, combine the travel blogs, to type my entire handwritten journal Mm -hmm. and then combine those. So that's what has been happening over the past four years. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much, I don't want to say I taught myself anything. It was literally just a matter of writing and editing and writing and editing. And I've had, I actually had the manuscript edited by acquaintances two or three times before then I actually had the professional edit done. So that was interesting because I learned a lot through that process because editing, obviously grammar and spelling is that's a, that's a fact. Like if people are going to edit that, like you can't really argue if something is spelled correctly or if like a sentence is grammatically correct, like you can't really argue that. There were a lot of comments from people that edited the book or the manuscript about order of thoughts and order of stories and stuff. So I went back and forth with that a ton. But yeah, I wouldn't say I had any mentors that were like sitting over my shoulder as I was editing and writing and telling me like, oh, that doesn't like that doesn't look very well or that doesn't look good or that won't people won't like that or anything like that so I think that's encouraging I can think of a few friends of mine where I've wanted to write a book or maybe I even have an idea or maybe I've even scribbled a few notes but to know that you were like okay I'm just gonna do this and you figured out the steps necessary and you did it and I think that is it's one of those things similar to the tread a lot of people I remember in college, it's like, oh, yeah, it's in a friend group. We're going to do this road trip over spring break. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But then it never happens. You actually did it. You actually you did, did it. You did the trip. You did write you actually the book wrote a when book. you had the idea. So yeah. even it doesn't matter how long it took. I think New York Times had a survey and like something of 83 to 87% of adults say that they want to write a book. Mm. But only 3 to 5% do. Okay, back to you, Levi. You were you said you didn't have a mentor. Would you want to sign yourself up to be someone's mentor if they contact you? Just kidding. I don't. Podcast. What would you tell them? Yeah. Like, what, what advice you do you have somebody? to somebody that mm-hmm. in that percent of people that wants to do some of these things? It's okay for it to take a long time. It took me uncomfortable. What? Again. Four and a half years to get to a point where I was willing to send in my manuscript and be like, this is finally done. And there were several months on end, multiple times. I didn't even touch it. I didn't look at it. I didn't think about it because it was overwhelming or it felt like a lot of work or I didn't have the motivation, but it was still there. And so I would just say, don't give up on it. Never hit the delete button you can always come back to it and it's okay to share it. Like I said, I had multiple people read it, my manuscript and, and mark it up and put their thoughts on it. And some of those thoughts were, I don't want to say disheartening, but it was hard to see. You would see a page and you're like, wow, this one, there's barely any red marks on this page. But then you get to another one. It was like the whole page was red and you're like, oh man, I'm a horrible writer. But that's in no way, shape or form is that true because everything is a learning experience i think everyone has their voice everyone has something to say everyone has a story in some way shape or form and so maybe you write a book maybe you write a short story and it might not be the prettiest thing it might not be the best story in the world but you got to start somewhere
I just took a note because I liked what you said about the opportunity in your own voice. And we're searching for opportunity. That's the hunt that we're on right now. And to just encourage that in people. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really like that. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't all have to happen right now. All the messages you're saying are ones Gwen needs to hear because I'm impatient. <laughs> and for you to be like, oh, it doesn't have to be right away. I'm like, no, mm. this is uncomfortable. Back to, I like comfortable mm. TV shows even. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Yeah. You sit in, you've sat in some hard, uncomfortable places, but good opportunities have come from it. It does take a lot of patience, and I would not say that I am in any way, shape, or form a completely patient person after driving across the country and living very spontaneously, but definitely the idea of being patient and living in patience has definitely saturated my thoughts. It's always there and always present on my mind. I'm continually learning how to be patient with things, especially this whole process of writing a book. Before we get going here say goodbye is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners questions that you wish we would have asked opportunities for people the good vibe is it's more than obviously it's centered around this play on words from the name of a car but it's also this idea of letting things go and reaching for new things and finding or or like the idea of the name of the podcast like learned opportunity it's the idea of doing the spontaneous, doing the thing with no plan or going in a direction with no destination in mind and discovering the most beautiful and astounding thing that you were like, how could this possibly have happened? There are times in the book when I would meet strangers in the woods and they'd randomly start singing a worship song or I'd end up eating breakfast alone in a bar in a Denny's of all places and having the most aggressive looking strangers pay for my breakfast because I gave them my table Aww. or ending up in a staff dormitory in Yellowstone National Park and meeting these believers that were my age and they inviting me to a bonfire where testimonies are being told. It's just this massive mind boggling thing where you can not have a plan. You can do this thing that is mind-boggling to everyone around you and yet still find what you're looking for but you didn't know what you were looking for it oh i'm feeling what you're saying i feel like i have a little bit of goosebumps yeah okay yeah going without a destination like once again i'm uncomfortable yeah we don't want to that's a good lesson yeah we have our our life planned out we got the future we have our paint colors for our house already set apart yeah i am very obsessed with my paint colors (laughs) i admit it yes but i'm gonna try to be patient and wait a year because we're building a house right now and they say you're supposed to because of nail pops wait a year Hmm. and i'm like no exciting i'm not doing what people tell me to i I want want the colors (laughs) i want colors (laughs) on my walls and as of this weekend, I was convicted. I need to be patient. And now you're talking about being patient. I should be patient. We'll just see. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a color that we don't even know about yet. Oh, in I know. A year, it'll just be the perfect color. And if we weren't patient, it's true. We would never have seen it on our walls. Magnolia might come out with a new color line. Another color like, line. That Magnolia. would be amazing. Oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> So there you have it, folks. Well, we've been here with with author Levi Himes. You can say that. 
You can yeah, no, you're not wanting to be a writer. You have, are a writer. You are an author. And I haven't no. Oh, I want oh. that for you. Um, yeah, the black and white portrait of like. For you. Uh, let's get that scheduled. Let's have. Can I give you a free <laughs> photography session with my friend Brandon? Brandon, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon. Brandon yeah. he was just out in Denver, actually. He we should have done it. We should have yeah. coordinated and, really and volunteered Taylor, Brandon's services. Taylor, his wife, is fantastic. Yeah, Taylor Brandon's a better photographer than Brandon. Don't listen. To <laughs> Thanks so much for for chatting with us and the day after you release yeah. and everything. This won't be released until a little bit later, so <laughs> hopefully by then. You won't have any stock left of books and you'll have to do another thing. We'll see. Um, Absolutely. So where do people get the book at? The good vibe? You can pick it up at pretty much any major book retailer anywhere online. And you can just search for the good vibe and with my name, Levi. And uh, yeah, you can get it anywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target even. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's really exciting. We'll be looking for it and seeing, is it just online or is it actually in the stores? It's also, that's a, another thing I'm still learning. I don't really know the process because it's been for pre-order for the past couple of months. And so now that it's officially, like you can just order it right away. I don't know. I'm not sure what it's going to look like and what stores it'll actually be like physically in. I think I'm going to be able to take some, I'll be able to personally drop off some copies for local bookstores here in Denver, but I'm not sure what like physical copies in stores looks like yet. Okay. Well, let's make it easy for listeners. Listeners just go to the, the link to the Amazon or whatever, maybe an independent bookstore or something that you can order it through. It will be in the notes for, for this show. Be on the lookout for that. If you're wanting to pick up a copy, just go to our notes, click that link, and there it will be. So, well, thanks, Levi, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Learn Opportunity Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Gwendolyn. And join us next time as we find and create more opportunities for more people. The Learned Opportunity Podcast has been brought to you by Ecclesia Counseling Services, LLC, providing mental health and career counseling to the greater Indianapolis area. Perhaps you're anxious or maybe you're unsure about the future of your career, or you feel that you're not living the life that you are meant to. Whatever your needs may be, Ecclesia Counseling Services is here to offer support. Check us out online at Ecclesia Indy, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, INDY.com.